0: You're a Christian. You should be engaged on these issues. Now that doesn't mean you have to be a politician. It yeah. doesn't have to mean you have to join a political party. But let your elected representatives know how you feel on these issues. Because the more that Canadians engage with their elected representatives, the more those elected representatives are swayed mm. and yeah. may reflect what Canadians are really thinking on the key issues that the do. Yeah.
1: Hi this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth and Life today and we're continuing our conversation with a member of parliament Ed Fast and of course Dr. John Neufeldt here again today and we want to continue our conversation about the Christian and politics perhaps about civic responsibility of the Christian. I, I, I have to say right off the bat I think some of us are becoming maybe a little bit disillusioned with the whole process in fact I know uh, there's quite a number of conversations down in the US of uh, something I hadn't heard before, but where Christians were at, at, at saying it at finally that, you know what, not voting is the absolute right thing to do if you're trying to decide between the lesser of two uh, evils. two evils. I, I hesitate to say the word evil, but yeah, the lesser of two evils. And, and you know, you're a member of parliament, and I, and I know, you know, in Canada, we're always trying to influence people to vote. But at what point do we get there? What is our civic responsibility? I hope we would never get to a
0: point where we characterize our politics in Canada as choosing the lesser of two or three or four evils. That would be a mistake. Uh, I think we have to understand that human beings are flawed. Yeah. They're not going to be perfect no government is going to be perfect, no political party is going to be perfect. I personally believe that withdrawing from the process and saying, I'm not going to vote is actually an abdication of civic responsibility. I believe that given that we live in arguably the best country in the world, that our democracy has underpinned everything else we do in Canadian society for 150 years, our prosperity. Um, we are arguably the richest country in the world when you think of natural resources. You know, Gold, silver, oil, gas. We've got it all. In fact, Agriculture. Yeah, agriculture, forestry. In fact, 40 years ago, nobody in Canada knew that we had diamonds. Today we're the third largest producer of diamonds in the world. We are an incredibly rich country that has received a legacy that we have to steward over properly and to withdraw from the foundational democratic processes that have created our country, uh, arguably the best country in the world, I think would be a big mistake. So I encourage Canadians, if you've got got some challenges supporting the candidates that you have available to you during elections, whether they're federal, provincial, or local elections, run yourself. Or encourage someone else to run that you know will do a good job.
2: Um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because I think there is growing in the Christian church uh, this, this almost a dichotomy between what is sacred and what is secular. And, and the beauty of the of the uh, Protestant Reformation, we've been celebrating 500 years since Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the door of the church in Wittenberg, is that one of the things that the Protestant Reformation brought us is it tore down the idea that only the priesthood has a sacred calling. It is every single person who names the name of Christ, whether you're the pipe fitter or the physician or the politician, has a sacred calling to glorify God in what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, I would argue for that. Although, I, I think I challenge you a bit. If I'm at a situation where, in my local riding, I have no ability to influence that, let's say I'm just a regular guy, and, and I recognize that I have the candidates that are there, and I just cannot find that person, I mean, I. I I'm going to give you that it's never going to be perfect, but I, I find something objectionable in whatever candidate I vote for. I, I would think it's a last resort, but I would think there has to be a time where a person simply says, under these circumstances, I cannot vote. Isn't that not a, is that not a statement as well? I mean, I think there's a difference, Ed, between that statement and the person who just doesn't bother to show up and doesn't understand what the issues are and just couldn't be bothered. I think that's a different thing than the person conscience-wise, who says, this has now become so foul, I can't think of anything in this country where we do that, but that it's become so foul, I just can't in good conscience mark my X. I mean, maybe I, I spoiled my ballot. I don't know.
0: Well, you have the right to spoil your ballot. At least you went to the voting station and yep. took the step of spoiling your ballot. Yeah. But spoiling the ballot doesn't achieve anything. It doesn't even actually I, even make a public statement because it is private. Uh. So uh, disengaging from the public process I believe is a mistake for us as Christians. We're citizens of the world, but we're also citizens of God's kingdom right mm-hmm. and as citizens of God's kingdom, God has given us a mind to make decisions on to be able to choose between different options that we're given none of which are perfect right And I think right. we've all acknowledge it. none of the options we'll ever have uh, is going to be perfect and I think we what we have to do is bring our our intelligence to bear, uh, bring our hearts to bear, and make a decision based on what we believe is best for the country. And abdicating that responsibility, I, I don't think is something that uh, supports a strong Canadian democracy.
1: Okay. Ed, can I ask you, what are some of the real tensions for you being a Christian and being in politics? Are, are there occasions where you just feel um, somewhat, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I can't think of a better word, where the, the tension is just really difficult for you to make choices based on, on different criteria. Like, is there something of that nature that's being difficult for you?
0: There's always things that come up when you're in government uh, that cause uh, you to reflect upon why you're even there yeah. and the people that elected you to make tough decisions. Um, as, as an elected official, uh, if you're on the opposition side, it's even more difficult because you don't have the reins of the levers of power to make decisions that you believe are in Canada's best interest. Yeah, over the 10 years that uh, I was in government uh, between uh, 2006 and 2015, at least we were in government. We could have real good discussions within our caucus right. about public policy, and the Prime Minister would hear that. And more often than not, he would actually listen to caucus. There were times when Stephen Harper would be thinking of moving in a certain direction and he would bounce that off of us caucus members and we would reflect that back to him and say, you know what, we're not sure that's the best route, that's the best policy option, we want you to consider this. And more often than not, the Prime Minister would uh, say, you know what, I've listened to you and I do recognize the value of consensus and the the broader counsel that I'm receiving. And he would change his mind. And you don't have that option when you're in opposition. Your role in opposition is to hold the government's feet to the fire. That's what I do now in my current role as environment minister. If there are challenges that we believe are not being met properly by the Liberal government in Ottawa, then we raise that with them, whether at committee or whether in the House of Commons during question period or during a debate.
2: If I can just jump in here, Ed, I think one of the things that Christians sometimes ask about our British parliamentary democracy mm-hmm. uh, is that you are required, I mean you've got a party whip, if a given bill does not pass, the government falls. Mm-hmm. And so you're required to vote lock, stock and barrel with everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And do you find that a difficulty at times? Is If you, if you come to a bill in which your conscience Makes it difficult for you to vote, and yet you've got the party whip that's at the door. How do you respond as a believer to that?
0: That's a good question because that does face us yeah. from time to time within our own party, the Conservative Party. We have a clear rule that on issues of conscience, we are given a free vote in the House of Commons. Right. Now that is not the case with some of the other parties.
2: Yeah, right now the Liberal government has said if you're if you're pro-life you may not serve in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Liberal government. Exactly. So, uh, that basically takes Christians of conscience out of one party in which they n- can no longer mm-hmm. serve, right?
0: Well, they do have perhaps one or two MPs, long-standing MPs, that are pro-life. I see. And they've been, it's been made very clear to them that uh, they are not to vote their consciences when it comes to any kind of vote uh, affecting that issue. Um, We are different. We have given every single member of our caucus the right to vote freely on matters of conscience. And I think that's important uh, in a free uh, society that if your community, if it's pretty clear that your community is leading one way, it isn't a matter of conscience, uh, that there be a free vote. Um, And unfortunately, that's not what we see in the House of Commons right now for some of the parties.
1: Right. Hmm. That's gotta be difficult uh, to, uh, uh, again, for, for our listeners, for our viewers, uh, to recognize, you know, uh, our, our country is changing. And it would seem, and maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but it would seem that the, the Christian value system is having less and less impact upon how our country is uh, being run and, and the values of our country. Would you say that's true?
0: I would say that that dynamic is changing. Um, Historically, Canada has been uh, premised upon a Judeo-Christian worldview. As our country becomes more pluralistic and multicultural, you have many other claims and values coming to bear. That is obviously changing the complexion of our country. That does not mean that Christians don't have a critical role to play in civil society, in government, and I encourage people of faith, engage in the political process. Mm-hmm. Uh, our constitution protects our right to engage. It protects the freedom of religion, the freedom of assembly, the freedom of speech. And I think if if we as Christians abdicate our responsibility yep. to promote Values I think Canadians across the country will support, Canada is going to be worse off.
1: And I think that's part of the concern right now, is I I have a sense, and maybe again I'm wrong, but I have a sense that the church is feeling less and less hurt, and they're almost slipping back into a sense of silence or... Or unwillingness
2: to participate. Ben, I, I think what you've just said, Ed, in terms of more Canadian Christians need to understand that we have protections under the Constitution of our nation and therefore it serves us well not to be timid but to be bold and, and not be ashamed of our faith, neither what we're saying in our land. So I love what you've just said and I think we need to hear it over and over again because And I think a lot of Christians don't understand that our our rights are indeed protected in this land. Yeah,
0: Yeah, they are protected, but they are also fragile. They are Uh, vulnerable uh. because, uh, you know, when we have a, a constitutional framework that has originally set out certain protections, over time, those protections can be eroded. We see what's happening now, you know, with the federal government, where they're seeking to limit the ability of private sector organizations to carry on their work and receive government assistance if they don't subscribe to the current government's value system. In other words, the prime minister's
2: value system. You've got to put the red star on your jacket and go lock, stock and barrel, follow your government.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I think you've pointed out perhaps a good analogy of what what that might look like. But my concern is that people of faith understand what's at stake here. This does represent an erosion of our rights, and we need to be vigilant. We need to engage on the issue. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we are, as an opposition, as a conservative opposition, we are engaging on the issue of the imposition of the Prime Minister's values on the rest of the country. We believe that's unhealthy. Uh, The Prime Minister has said that he doesn't believe there is a common set of Canadian values. I profoundly disagree with him. I believe we do still have some core values that Canadians cherish. The same way he has said that Canada is the first post-national state in in the world. Oh my goodness. Uh, It's effectively saying, as a nation-state, we are losing our relevance mm-hmm. and again, profoundly disagree with them. Canada is a proud nation that is independent, that has strong institutions supporting it. And I think we need to defend those institutions and Canadians need to engage in that process, which is why I say, hey, listen, if you're a Christian, you should be engaged on these issues. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a politician, yeah. it doesn't have to mean you have to join a political party, But let your elected representatives know how you feel on these issues, because the more that Canadians engage with their elected representatives, the more those elected representatives are swayed Mm -hmm. and may reflect what Canadians are really thinking on the key issues of the day.
1: Thanks, guys. This has been a really intriguing conversation. I think a a blessing to me, and I know to those that will have heard it or watched it. And uh, we're just grateful today for the opportunity to have our guest a member of Parliament Ed Fast with us, and of course Dr. Newfeld, and uh, we just thank you for joining us today. And remember, you can see all the back issues of Truth and Life today at backtothebible.ca, and remember to join us next week. God bless.
0: We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info@backtothebible.ca at or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today.